Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 4. Today, I'm going to be talking about testimonies. Testimony. How many know what a testimony is? We, we should know what a testimony is. We, we see them so many times on, on TV, uh, in the court of law. Crime shows tend to be really popular these days. I don't understand why we're all so fascinated with watching crime. I don't, I don't know if it's the sense of justice at the end, um, but we are. But in those TV dramas, people will get up uh, on the witness stand and they will testify. And what are they doing when they're testifying? They're saying what they have seen and what they have heard. And here in John chapter 4, we have this thing that's happening where Jesus is talking to a woman at the well. The disciples have been sent into town to get something to eat. And Jesus is just chilling at the well, waiting for them to return. And while he's waiting there, this Samaritan woman comes. This woman is of ill repute. That means um, uh, she's got a bad reputation, let's say that. And she comes up to the well, and Jesus starts talking to her. And this is weird for a couple of reasons in their culture. One, she's a woman. And two, she's a Samaritan. They weren't supposed to be really conversing. In fact, when the disciples show back up with the chicken they have for lunch, they're amazed that Jesus is staying there talking to this woman. It blows their mind. And Jesus, I think that's one of his favorite things to do is to blow our minds, to challenge our thinking, which we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. But here Jesus is talking to this woman and he makes this statement to her at one point. He says, hey, go get your husband. Go get your husband. And she said, what? I don't, I don't have a husband. He's right. You're right. You've had five. And the guy you're with now, he ain't your husband. And she makes this statement. She says, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Like, <laughs> You, you think? You think? All right. And so as Jesus is talking to her, go to verse 27. It says, just then the disciples came back and they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking to her? They were too scared to say, what, what are you doing this, Jesus? Why are you blowing our minds here? So the woman left with her water jar and went into town and said to people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And then verse 30 says, they went out of town and were coming to him. Here's what's going on in this story. This woman, after she has an encounter with Jesus, runs into town and tells everyone about Jesus. Now, the way this is written, how many know that that's 
it gives us like two sentences she said to everybody. How many know it was probably more than just a couple sentences that she was saying to everybody? Like, come see the man that's told me everything I ever did. And they were like, oh, okay. Like, it probably wasn't that. I, I have this visual in my head that she's like running through town like, you're never going to believe this. So, like, he asked me about my husband. Like, now, come on. That's one of the most shameful parts of her past, probably. That she just keeps going from man to man to man to man, right? And, and she's telling, like, she's just being honest about it. Open, honest, and vulnerable, right? Like, like, he told me all about myself. Could this be the Christ? Could this be the Messiah? And because of the words of her testimony, the whole town goes running out to this well to see this man. There is power in testimony. In fact, did you know that this entire book right here is testimony. Look over in Luke chapter 1. We're not that far from it. We're in John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's just the uh, book just before that. In Luke chapter 1, it says this. It's Luke, who was a doctor, writing to his buddy. And he says this in verse 1 of Luke chapter 1. As much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us. What he's saying here is, there's been lots of people trying to tell this story. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, sorry, my Greek is not so great, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. You know what I love about this? The book of Luke. Luke is saying, look, I've hung out really close with these guys, the eyewitnesses. I've heard a lot about it for a long time now. And, and Theophilus, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write to you an account. And guess what it's going to do? It's just going to confirm the things you already know. It, this, what he's saying is the gospel here is a testimony of what Jesus has done. It's a testimony. Say testimony. Go to 1 John. So not John, not regular John. We're going to 1 John, which is, which is way back there. It's after Hebrews. And in 1 John chapter 1, it says this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest. and We have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. What he's saying here, what John is saying here is, look, we hung out with Jesus. We saw him with our eyes. We touched him with our hands. And I'm writing to you about these things because nothing can give me greater joy. I want my joy, he says, to be complete. Nothing can bring me greater joy than to tell you about my Jesus. And let me ask you this question this morning. Is there anything that gives you greater joy than telling other people about Jesus? Shouldn't that be the greatest thing for us as believers? One of my favorite things is when I get together with these men of God and they start telling me 
about the different people that they have led to Christ or tried to lead to Christ. Because how many know sometimes you're just trying because sometimes people are like, nah, I don't think so. And you know what? That's fine. But couldn't there be any greater joy than telling people about the one who saved your life? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. And that's the question from my heart. And if there is things in my life that bring me greater joy than telling other people about Jesus, then I think that's a heart check that I need to dig into myself. In John chapter 5, it says this. You don't have to turn there. We've been turning around in the Bible a lot. You can just write these down. You know, John chapter 5, verse 37 through 40, it says this. It says, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not know, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. What is he saying here? He's saying, this is Jesus talking. What is he saying? He's saying the Old Testament. So we can all agree that the New Testament testifies of Jesus. But Jesus is actually saying that the Old Testament testifies about Jesus. He's saying you search the scriptures. He's talking to Jews. He's talking to Jews. That Jesus lived in Jewish culture. He's like, you're searching these. You think in them you'll find life, eternal life. And what you don't realize is that these scriptures, they testify about me. They're a testimony of me. You're like, well, wait, is Jesus in the Old Testament? Oh, friend. One of my most favorite stories comes from Luke chapter 24. You can read it. It's Jesus. He's, he's risen from the dead. How many know Jesus is alive this morning? Like right now, just as alive as you and me, he's alive this morning. Uh, Jesus risen from the dead. Not a lot of people know about it. And there's these two dudes, and they're leaving Jerusalem and walking to a town called Emmaus. Some of you know this story. And as they're walking along, they're bummed because Jesus, whom they had followed, had died. And they thought he was going to be the thing. They thought he was going to be the one to end the Romans. They thought he was going to be the one to really take charge and, and really shake things up and change them. And now he's dead. He died a bloody death on a cross. And as they're walking along bummed, this man walks up. And he says, what are you guys talking about? They're like, Jesus? And he's like, who? And they're like, you got to be out of your mind. You have to be the only guy in the entire region that hasn't heard about what happened with Jesus. And Jesus, he's just playing coy, right? And so they tell them, what happened to Jesus and they don't recognize Jesus and that always bothered me it confused me how they not recognize Jesus like Jesus and can I tell you the reason they didn't recognize him is because it was so impossible to think that a man who'd been beaten and crucified as brutally as Jesus had been would just be standing there with them like it wouldn't even register with them like oh it's Jesus and as Jesus is walking along he starts talking to them. It says in Luke 24 through 27, it says, and beginning with Moses, so that's the very beginning, because Moses, 
they believe wrote Genesis, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Being with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all scriptures and all things concerning himself. What's Jesus doing? On the road to Emmaus, from Jerusalem all the way to Emmaus, this is what Jesus is doing. He's telling them how each Bible story in the Old Testament is actually a testimony of Jesus Christ. And it says that as they're walking along, the words of Jesus, it makes their hearts just burn. Have you ever been in a service where someone's telling the word and your heart just starts burning, hearing about Jesus? Have you ever been sitting in the morning just reading the word and your heart just starts coming alive and you just starts burning for Jesus and you just kind of get excited about it? Like, and they're walking along, and as they're walking along, they're just kind of getting excited. Their hearts are burning within them because everything Jesus is saying, he's telling them stories they've heard since they were little kids about Moses and Joseph and Noah and all these guys, and every single part of it is actually about Jesus, and they're just like, yes, yes, yes. They get it until they get to the place that they're staying to eat and for the night and Jesus takes the bread he blesses it he breaks it and he gives it to him and then they all of a sudden realize it's Jesus and then he just disappears which is just crazy so what do they do does anyone know what they do they haul tail the eight miles back to Jerusalem I mean just at a dead sprint like it's Jesus and they were distance runners that day So what is a testimony? There's a few things. If you're taking notes, here's a few points I want to make about testimony. First of all, a testimony reveals how God works. And guys, I'm not, now I'm not just talking about this word. How many know this word reveals how God works? But how many know God has done something inside of you? And guess what? What he's done inside of you happens to just line up with that word, doesn't it? And when you share your testimony, what you're doing is you're revealing to other people how God works. When you're saying, this is what Jesus did for me, what you're doing is showing to others, this is how God works. That he actually does things, and this is what he did for me. I love it in uh, Psalm 119, 111. You can write this one down. It says, your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Some translations say it like this. Your testimonies are my inheritance forever. You guys know what an inheritance is? It's something you, you get. After your, your folks pass on, my daughter and I were arguing this morning. Was it this morning? My dad has this giant library of books. And, and I said, those are my books. And she said, no, they're not. I was like, yeah, well, it's my inheritance. When, when my dad passes away, then those are my books. She's like, well, they're not your books. And I was like, well, yeah, they're, you said, she said, you better not say yet. But those are my books. I can walk in there today and grab one. Right? It's my inheritance. And we have an inheritance. We have an inheritance that are the testaments. Do you realize every time you read a story about our Lord in this word, that's part of your inheritance. But get this, every time you hear a brother and sister in Christ that's sitting in this room talk about something good that God has done, that's also part of your inheritance. Like, yeah, that's my God. That's what my God does. Because they're revealing 
how your God works, the things he does. So testimonies, first of all, they reveal how God works. Secondly, they create expectation. Well, if he did that then, I expect what? That he'll do it again. If, if I give a testimony how, about how my God will heal a broken heart, if I know that God can heal a broken part in the past, guess what I expect he will do? He'll heal a broken, part, broken heart again. If I, if I have seen him heal someone who's sick, guess what I expect that he's going to do? He can heal someone who's sick again. Testimonies, when we share our testimonies, what we do is we create expectation about what God will do again. How many know he's the same, Scripture says, yesterday, today, and forever? And so why is it important for us to share our own testimonies about what God is doing in us and through us? One, to show how he works, and two, to create expectation in that he'll do it again. I was a little bit worried that there for a second on that last song that Jamie was going to start preaching my sermon about we have to say what we've seen him do what we heard him say third testimony reveals the power of god testimony reveals the power of god um in roman or excuse me revelations chapter 12 verse 11 it says this it's talking about our enemy it says they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. How did they conquer the enemy? First of all, by the blood of the lamb, by what Jesus did on the cross. That's how we have overcome. And then second this, the word of their testimony. So that part's mine, right? The word of my testimony. Well, here's a question for you. What is your testimony about? Who is your testimony about? That's a real question. Is it about you? Is your testimony really about you? Who's it really about? It's really about Jesus. So they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, which is just their firsthand experience of the blood of the Lamb. So they really have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the blood of the Lamb. Just one is what Jesus did, and one is my experience of what Jesus did. It's all about Jesus, and there's power in our testimonies. There's power to overcome the evil one as you declare your testimony. And some of you, like the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the way you think, the way you think, the way you think, right? And last week, what I challenged you is start saying things out loud. The more stuff we say out loud that agrees with the word, the more we begin to think like the word. And some of us need to practice speaking our testimony out loud. I, I like to call it my Jesus story. Anyone who's come to Christ has what we call a Jesus story. What is your Jesus story? It's how you met Jesus. How many of you have met Jesus this morning? If you haven't, my prayer is that you will, you will find him. Not, not just find him, but like find him. How many of you, all of us have different walks of life that we came from. Some of us, we didn't know Jesus at all. And then all of a sudden, boom, there he was. Some of us, though, might have been like me. It's like we kind of thought we had Jesus. We kind of played this little church role or whatever. And then we actually met Jesus. 
and it was way different than we could ever, ever imagine. I, I imagine it like, imagine being a, a kid playing a peewee football game. You're the quarterback for a peewee football team, and then you never play football again. And then you wake up one day. This would be a nightmare to me. You wake up one day, and all of a sudden, you're the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, just that day. You, you would love it. I, I would have no clue what I was doing. I'd be like, oh, my gosh. This is awful. The experience is completely different. One moment, I was just playing, playing football, and the other one, I was actually playing football, right? And that's some of us. We just played church. Like, yay, good job. Um, my kid said the other day, he's like, sometimes, Dad, I think you just come to our games and it just bores you. Because you wouldn't just go to a Little League game, just like if you didn't know any of the kids, would you just go to a Little League game? And I was like, most of us wouldn't like, hey, let's just watch some good football today. Great fundamentals. <laughs> we love our kids, we go, but how many know that when you truly experience Jesus, it goes from just playing church to actually experiencing the God of the universe. And that's part of our testimony is, man, I used to think I knew Jesus, and then I met him, and it was completely different. It's a whole other thing than just playing like I know Jesus. Turn with me over to Psalms. We're going to go to the 71st Psalm. And in verse 15, it says this. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts. Of your deeds of salvation all the day. For their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O oh God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. Testimonies reveal how God's work. Testimonies creates expectation. Testimonies show the power of God. And I'm going to say this. For his testimonies connect the goodness of God to the next generation. Testimonies connect the goodness of God to the next generation. Do you remember? Do you remember the, the place where the Israelites they're standing uh, by the Jordan River and it's flooded and they need to get across? And so God tells them. Hey, take the ark, which represents, they had this little box called the Ark of the Covenant. He said, take the ark, and I want you to just to march into the river. And it represented the presence of God. And so the ark marches into the river, and what happens to the river? It, it, yeah, it parts, like the Red Sea had a generation earlier. It, it just stops. It, it says it piles up a few miles away. And so people start marching across the river on dry ground. 
And, and Joshua gave them this instruction. He said, as you go across, the leader of every tribe should grab you a rock. And when you get to the other side, you need to stack those rocks up. And here's why. So that generations from now, people can walk up and go, hey, what, why is this stack of rocks here? And you can say, let me tell you a story. You're not even going to believe this. There was this time. And the river's at flood stages, right? We, as older believers, have a duty to give our testimony to our younger believers. Parents, you should be talking about what God has done all the time in front of your kids. So it becomes a grid for the life. Their whole paradigm of life is this. God comes through. God shows up. God is faithful. That we preach the goodness of the Lord over and over again. And it connects the goodness of God to the next generation. Testimony is powerful. That's the whole reason we have this book today. Because people have proclaimed the goodness of Christ from generation to generation to generation. Your testimony. It's your testimony. I want you to turn to, if you want to, 1 Peter 2.9. I want to show you something here real quick. So do you have a testimony? A and I would say we all do or should have a testimony. It's just do you know what it is? Here in 1 Peter 2.9, it starts off in certain translations, it says that you may proclaim the excellences, excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And some translations will say so that. And this, this so that here is like, gives purpose or meaning, right? So if you look at the section before that, it says you're chosen. Did you know you're chosen, Robert? You're chosen. Brooklyn, you're chosen. Like Tabitha, you're chosen. Every single one of us are chosen. That's what the verses before that say. You're chosen by God. And that question we have to ask ourselves is, why am I chosen? For what purpose? And in the Greek, this word, so that means this. It means this is the purpose. Here is the purpose. What's the purpose? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him. So this word right here is proclaim. How do you proclaim something? With your words. And can I, can I tell you this word proclaim in the Greek as like this is as with celebration. So not like, hey man, God's kind of good. All right. Cool. That's not really a celebration. Um, I don't know if any of you guys watched the Arkansas game yesterday. <sighs> there was some celebration. I'll tell you this. I was walking through uh, Pinnacle Hills uh, promenade there in Rogers. And I kept pulling up the score on my phone. And as we were walking to the car, and I knew it was close, and I knew we needed to make a touchdown with just a few seconds to go, and I'd kind of given up. And I put my phone in my pocket, and we walked up to the car. And as we walked up to the car, through the entire promenade, I heard, 
I looked at everyone who was with me. I was like, we scored. We scored. That's the only thing. Why would an entire shopping center scream at the same time? It's because we scored. So I pull up my phone. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we scored. We're down by one point with one second to go. And then we lost. So, um, but there for a moment, just almost, just almost, we had it. Proclaim as with celebration. That's why he didn't just say that you may say the excellencies. No, we're not just saying them. We're proclaiming the excellencies. And this word excellencies means just like, like the awesome, crazy goodness. Like mind-blowing goodness. Like the crazy, awesomest ever. Like the words in English fail this word right here. The excellencies of him who called you, who called you. And I, I love this. Called you. It has a couple of meanings. First of this, it's just like this. Danny, come over here. I don't actually want, you can stay seated, right? Danny, it's like yesterday morning I woke up. and looked around for my kids and they were missing. Which was bad because they had a friend staying the night. And all of them are gone. So I called my sister and brother-in-law and was like, Hey, um, are my kids there? No. So I walked outside, out there on the hill, and I said, Girls! And way off in the distance, I heard, Hey! And then I got a phone call. Hey, we're fine. We're just out hiking. Okay, that's fine. I was just freaked out for half a minute. All right. So, called. That call means to call as an invitation, to call you out of, to invite you out of, to bring you forward out of. And that, that's, if you see this word in two, it means the same, it's directional. This whole thing is directional, to call you from this into this. What I, what I love about this, and this isn't what this means here, but this is also the same word that if you were going to give someone a new name, right? Like if your life had been completely change and you've been given a new name that sounds biblical doesn't it now it's not what it means here but it could to call you what out of darkness into his marvelous light not just light his marvelous light and i know that's not a word we use a lot like it's marvelous like how was your day it's just been marvelous like but it's that same kind of thing as excellencies. It's this mind-blowing, like, this is, it's such a big word, this awesomeness that you can't even comprehend it. And so what you see here is three things. You see someone who was in darkness and is now in light. Why are they moved from darkness to light? What happened? They were what? They were called. So there's three things. One you were in darkness. Two, you were called. And three, now you're in light. You know what we call that? Your testimony. That is your testimony. It was, I was in darkness, and then he called my name, and now I'm in light. I was a knucklehead. I was messed up. Then Jesus came into my life, and now I'm forgiven. I'm walking with God. I was brokenhearted, and then the Lord met me in that low place, and now I have the joy of the Lord. I was sick, 
and I didn't know what I was going to do. The doctors had no answer for me, and then I was prayed for, and the Lord met me, and now I am healed and walking in health. I was broke, and I was ugly, and then I met Jesus, and I'm still broke and ugly, but I know Jesus. From darkness called and into light. Y'all, this is our testimony. This is our Jesus story. Worship team, I need you all to come back up here. And here's the deal. We as believers have to know what our Jesus story is. We cannot be passive about this. We as believers are called to proclaim the good news. Proclaim it. I'll say that again. Proclaim it. Not just casually talk about it if it comes up or not. Proclaim. Some of us, we don't know. We're, we're scared to share our testimony. I, I'll give, you, give it to you real easy. Just talk about what was your life like before Jesus. Talk about how you met him. And then talk about how your life is different now that you know him. And if you're sitting here this morning, you say, you know what? I don't, like, I'm just, I just think I know God. I don't really ever remember meeting him. I would say this morning, maybe you never have. Maybe you just think you're okay. Because I can tell you, if you meet Jesus, you remember the day. You remember the day when everything changed. And for me, like, I have two or three days that I remember the day. I remember the day in seventh grade when I was the good church kid. But man, I was hanging out with the wrong crowd, and they were about to lead me down a bad path. And I will say, every kid I was hanging out with then, today they're in some rough stuff. And I remember the day sitting in that church balcony, watching people get baptized, saying, I gave up pornography, I gave up alcohol, I gave up drugs, and I said to God, I'll give up anything you ask for in my cocky frame of mind, because I was a good kid. And he said, okay, I want your friends, and that broke me. It broke me. And it changed me. And after that, I was a much more humble man than before. And I had to leave behind my friends. I wish I could say then I was okay after that, but I remember the day. I remember the day when I was just at, at my wit's end. And, and a story that some of you know, which I won't say out loud here today, but a day where I was completely broken. I felt like my entire life was over. And I said, God, I don't know what to do. And I remember standing on top of that hill out of my mom and dad's house and then just screamed to God, what do I do? And God met me. And he said, you need to go back to the very beginning and do the thing that I called you to do at the very beginning. Just go back to the beginning, Drew. And from that day forward, my heart had changed. I had hope and joy again because I had confidence not in Drew I had confidence in Jesus 
And see, there's, there's some stories we can, there's some Jesus stories that we can share out loud to the whole world. Some Jesus stories are only appropriate one-on-one. And you have to listen to the Holy Spirit and when to share those things. But it's so vitally important that we as believers share what Jesus did for us. Here's the reality. Jesus died on that cross to take all of our sin and all of our shame. And the more I think about it, like the more humbling it is for me. Like, do you realize if you ever utter the phrase, I'm just trying to be a good guy, that you've got the whole thing wrong? Well, I'm just trying to live the best life I can. I'm just trying to do the best I can. Like, I'm pretty good, I think. All those statements are selfish pride that will send you to hell. There's only one response. Jesus died for me. That's it. And I'm not good. I'm weak and I'm broken and I mess up. But Jesus is good and he's forgiven and he's graceful. And I can stand before you here today and boast, not in my goodness, but in my weakness. Because when I'm weak, then the power of Jesus is made strong in me, and that's part of my testimony. And I want to proclaim the excellencies of him who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Will you stand with me? And just begin to close your eyes and, and pray for a moment. And begin to pray for those in the room that might not know him. This morning I would say this, as every I close, if I say this this morning, do you know Jesus? Do you remember the moment that he called you out of darkness into light? And if this morning you say, Pastor Drew, I, I don't think I've ever experienced that called out of darkness into light. Would you do me a favor? Would you just lift your hand? I want to pray with you. Do you experience this goodness this morning? this is what I'm going to pray this morning here's the reality when when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead his followers scattered they were afraid they were afraid in fact not only did they not have a testimony, they had spent their time denying that they even knew Jesus. Jesus knew they were having a struggle telling their Jesus stories, telling what God had done for them. And he didn't tell them, well, you need to, you need to go practice your Jesus stories, although I do think that's important. This is what he said. He said, Wait wait until you've received the Holy Spirit. Wait for that empowering of the Holy Spirit. And so do I think that we all need to practice our testimony? Absolutely. I think you should stand in front of the mirror and tell your story to yourself. I think you should, you should find your, your spouse and, and tell them your story. Say, hey, will you let me practice my testimony on you? 
you should, you should find a friend and say, just let me tell you what God is doing. But more than that, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So Father God, I pray that just like in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, Lord, you empowered their testimony with the power of the Holy Spirit. This morning, I pray that we would be a people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his light. Let our hearts be challenged to tell of the goodness of our Lord. And I just begin to pray that the Holy Spirit will empower you. If you've, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, just begin to, to pray in your heavenly language and say, Lord, empower me. Empower me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.